0: You're listening to the Racer Racer podcast presented by Race 92. Race 92 is a vintage-inspired racing apparel brand specializing in celebrating vintage race culture and adapting to motorsports today. Check out race92.com for all your racing merchandise needs. I'm your co-host Aaron Mack. To your other co-host, you may have seen walking out of Barber Lounge 459 with a big old smile on his face. You might have seen him at a dirt track. He is the one and only Scott Bowie.
1: Hello, Aaron. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Um, having some air conditioning problems, and you wouldn't happen to know who I could possibly call, now, would you? I do. Really? The fine
1: folks are good guys. Yes.
0: Hmm. Call now,
1: Ryan, and, and the fine folks are good guys, and they'll keep you. My my air conditioner is working flawlessly, whereas yours was installed by uh, different a competitor yep. of theirs, and it is suffering from issues because they did not do the quality job that the fine folks at good guys did
0: no we're joking but like legit like i'm having air conditioning problems. <laughs> so that, that is not a joke and this is not staged by any means
1: no i've seen the videos you've seen the it's videos. uh it's running a little rough and
0: uh they'll get you figured out yeah i sure hope so but anyway um Yeah, so our guest today is Tom Osborne. You know, we talked about a little bit last week. You know, Tom's a great guy. A lot of people, you know, may not be familiar with the name or familiar with him, but you're definitely familiar. If you're involved in racing in any aspect um, or even outside of racing, which you'll find out if you listen to the interview, you definitely are aware of something that he's been involved with.
1: Yeah, Tom, great guy. Always been super friendly, known him for 40 plus years now Mm -hmm. um i mean just uh i mean he's just had a i mean he's got a really interesting career really interesting guy and uh, he's done some great artwork um for liveries for different people in motorsports and he's also done a lot of work in the toy industry to which he talks about pretty pretty uh extensively in this so uh, great time great interview i uh, always enjoy talking to him
0: yeah no it's really cool to um you know talk to him and you know i i went to school for graphic design and you know he's a fellow graphic designer and someone you know as a graphic designer someone definitely you'd want to look up to because i mean he's done some very impressive things um i mean very impressive things things that you know or would be a dream come true for a lot of people in, the, you know, whether in the toy industry, graphic design industry, I mean, you, you, um, you name it. I mean, it's definitely has done it in that industry. Um, you know, from toys, from, you know, being in talks about being in George Lucas's house, you know, going over star Wars drawings or whatever, like for toys. I mean, it's, it's very impressive. Um, and like I said, not yeah. just racing and just in general, I mean, very, very impressive individual, And, um, nice, really nice guy. And, you know, he was talking about his family, you know, his son, um, you know, is involved in the movie industry. Um, I think he he thinks they won an Oscar, right? Or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everyone around him is successful as well. And, um, you know, he definitely, I'm sure has a lot to do with that.
1: Yeah. You know, he's like so many of us, he fell in love with racing as a kid and, and uh, racing played a, is, played a yeah. huge part of his life. Um, uh, giving back to the sport in the ways that he could. And, uh, or giving to the sport, I should say. In the ways that he could. And, uh, and he's very thankful for that time. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I could go on and on about Tom. Just a great guy. I hope everybody listens and enjoys it. Um, because he, he has had a, a really interesting life.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely a good listen. And um, yeah, as far as racing news, um, before we get into some other news, first racing news. So we had Daytona, um, and well, what's it even called now? It's not obviously not the Fire Firecracker Four Hundred anymore. That's what years? I don't know. Yeah, but um, you know, it's not the same. I think July Fourth was kind of cool, but you know, times change, right? But um, and so Saturday night, you know, the race rained out. Um, so that's when we were left to Sunday, you know, more rain issues on Sunday, but Austin Dillon won. Um, but you know, decent race. I, I watched the end of it. I don't watch a lot of NASCAR races, but I did watch the last, you know, 50 laps or so.
1: I think they only had like 20 cars run at the end or something. I mean, yeah, they had a lot that big crash during the rain. Um, took out a bunch of cars and, and, uh, it's definitely not what it once was. I don't believe, okay. you know, and I'm not here to poo-poo NASCAR or, or, you know, Daytona or any of that. Just something missing. I, they, The racing just isn't the same uh, at the big tracks as it used to be. Um, times change, obviously, but uh, mm. short track racing is probably a little bit better than it has been in the past. Yeah. But the big track stuff just doesn't interest me at all um i just i just don't find it fun to watch
0: right no absolutely um other news so formula one um i know you watched the formula one race i believe i did not watch formula one race
1: watch part of it uh big crash in the star i should say big crash but crash in the star at hamilton and alonzo get into it alonzo's originally mad <laughs> Says a few things I think that he I wouldn't say regrets, but wishes he wouldn't have said. And you could call it Hamilton, idiot. And you know, and on to Hamilton's credit, he immediately got out of the car, watched the crash. And said, hey, that's all my fault. Um, later on, I think he took a little bit of offense to what Alonzo said about him, but um, it's he of the moment. What are you gonna do? And then Verstappen starts, I think, like 14th. Because of a drive chain change, drive train change. Um, and he was up front immediately. He just sliced through the field. I mean, it's just it's no contest right now.
0: Right. Yeah, no, um, Verstappen obviously strong last year and you know, um and I, I don't what what's a points situation look like in Formula One now? Um uh, well he's you know, he's
1: leading Red right. Bull, I'm sure is leading the constructors points. Uh I think Ferrari, I think LeClerc is second in points. I think I could be wrong. Um so Perez, Perez is second. actually
0: Perez is actually second right now. Um okay Verstappen's two 284 points and Perez is 191.
1: Okay, that would make sense. Um so then Leclerc's third.
0: Yep, Leclerc, and then um Saints and then Russell.
1: All right. And then Hamilton So basically six. basically what almost as an always in Formula One team cars run together. Right. You know, they they pretty much finish right near each other on the track unless one of them drops out and they finish near each other in points and um pretty typical F one stuff. But uh I mean it was okay racing, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it was um I mean, I saw some of the highlights stuff look like, you know, a decent race. Um, do do we have any other racing news? I know some other news are um, The into, only thing but...
1: really was uh, Kokomo SmackDown was this past weekend. Um, USAC Sprint Cars and Kokomo, kind of their track, they combine like track championship and points and USAC Sprint Cars, um, I think the first two nights. But uh, on the final night, uh Cummins won, just killed the field, led every lap. Um he to which he picked up a bonus. He won thirty-five thousand dollars for leading every lap and winning the feature. So big, big, big uh night for him. Uh good racing, pretty clean the entire time, not a lot of crashes. So uh you know, Kokomo was fast as it always is. Uh racing was hard and it was a good night. I mean they had good crowd. So it it was a really it was a really strong night for him
0: Kokomo's a great track. I've been to Kokomo once or twice and um no, I love Kokomo.
1: Fast. You know, it's really weird. It the bottom part still races like the old Kokomo and then you've got it now where it's banked and it runs a little different up there, but uh it it's I mean they'll get you if you ain't careful that wall will bite you, but it's uh it's it's a I mean, it's a driver's racetrack, man. You you gotta go and you gotta you gotta be good. I mean you can't mess around there or that place will get you.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Um well, if we don't have any other racing news, we, we have a couple of little announcements, I think yeah so go ahead so september twenty seventh if you're in the Indianapolis area and that and we're gonna i'm gonna do a separate video for this too probably, but we'll make an announcement at least if you're if you're listening if you're a true listener and you're listening to us past this point right or if you're not <laughs> if you're not fast forwarding to um you know the interview or whatever um you know september twenty seventh we will um be doing a monthly live show. Well, at least the the first show we have in the calendar. We'll see how that one goes. We'll see how that one goes. We don't want to jump the gun here. But September 27th at McGilvery's and Speedway. At, I believe, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 to 8. Yep.
1: Um, We will announce the guests closer to the date. They're both locked in, but I just want to make sure that nothing comes up in the next couple weeks. but, uh, it will be a great time. It'd be a fun time. Please come out. If you enjoy the show, if you're in the Indy area, um, please come out and have fun at McGilvery's with us. Um, and, you know, we got to thank the, the Top Gun Racing, Grant King Shops for helping us put this together, um, with McGilvery's. So thank yeah. you to them. And, um, yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to it It'll be fun. We actually did a sound check on Saturday and made sure to try to work out the bugs beforehand so we're not trying to figure it out right before the show. Uh, and I think so far we have done it. It'll be different when there's you know, when the place has a lot of people in it. But um now just really looking forward to it and looking forward to meeting people and seeing people and seeing old friends, meeting new friends. Um, just
0: can't wait. Yeah, no, really looking forward to it. Something we've been working on for a little bit. We've been in contact with McGilvery's folks. Um, you know, great people. Definitely check them out. Um, they and they've and so for people who don't know, McGilvery's at one point was a smoking bar, and now it's not. Um, they've you know redone a lot of it. It's I mean, it's really nice inside. They've redone, I believe, the like the booths and stuff and you know it's really nice inside. Um, so definitely you know give it, give it a try. I've never had their pizza, but I heard their pizza is really really good.
1: I may I may end up ordering one.
0: Yeah, we'll order one
1: before we go. Just uh, just so I can put my stamp of approval on it.
0: No, I'm gonna have to order. I'm gonna have to order something the night of the show because right. I I get very hangry.
1: Well, he is slightly built, but he eats a lot, so. We got to keep this one fed, heavily fed.
0: Yeah, I gotta eat. Um, so no, I mean it'll be fun, and then you know, we may have to keep yeah. you we may have to kind of keep you in in the corner because you know the w- women there and everyone's gonna be going crazy after. So you.
1: Robin's gonna be there, so there won't be none of that.
2: So uh, we're gonna
1: make sure none of that happens uh plus i don't think that that's something she has to worry too much about whether she's there or not but um no i mean yeah it'd be fun i'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah no it will be um and then some we talked about last week about the the video at st louis i we filmed with um well you oh it's me good friend of the show jacob smith um who's also my partner race 92 um we race go-karts with um robbie mcgee his sister as well amanda participated um but we raced go-karts um with robbie mcgee and we filmed it you know kind of like the jagger jones karting video if you haven't checked that one out check that one out that was a lot of fun um you see it was funny with jagger he was expecting us to be a lot worse than what we were so i have to give i have to give him crap about that he's like i was kind of surprised i'm like well thanks jagger i appreciate that
1: (laughs) you know um yeah you guys look like you had a ton of fun gateway it's fun video to watch please check it out uh you got some work this weekend as well we won't talk about too much here We but with the Um, u.s nationals man there's a lot of stuff stuff going
0: on and there's a private event um i don't even know if that if we can talk about it at all yet but um that I've been right. working on some stuff, and um, yeah, there's been a, there's a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and worst case, I think we'll be able to release out of some capacity because I planning on recording it. So, um, and that, right. that's pretty cool. It's kind of surreal that we're gonna be able to do it, but there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, and yeah, just yeah, gotta, a lot of, gotta get this a lot air conditioning of... problem figured out, and then I yep. could focus well, on
1: some other stuff. Well, I figure you got about four more weeks, and it won't matter. If you can survive good. about four more weeks, you'll be all right.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, the good news is if if I if I do need to get someone over here I can trust, um, I know who to call.
1: That's right. Good guys.
0: Good guys heating and air. So if you ever have a question about who to contact, just ask Scott. In McGilvery's, if you have a problem with your air, please come up to Scott Bowie, and he will tell That's you right. who to call.
1: That's right. And if you need a good sandwich, go to McGilvery's.
0: They're gonna say good to good guys. You're gonna have you're gonna have people calling calling good guys for everything.
1: That's right. Um, you know, man, it's a uh, it's. Um, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be pretty fun. You know, uh, it's like anything else we do. We try to keep it lighthearted, and that's mm-hmm. our that's what we're trying to do with these shows uh, that we have planned. Uh, hopefully, once a month. Um, and just you know, people can come out and they can enjoy an hour, hour and a half of their their life, you know, and just you know, just be able to enjoy themselves and kind of maybe gather with like-minded people, you know what I'm saying? So that's what we're kind of looking forward to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, if you haven't, please hit like and subscribe on YouTube. Also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like I said, I don't know the exact date but I will be releasing the Robbie McGee carding video. Um, I, I mean, it's done. So Wednesday or Thursday this week. So if you're listening to this, it may already be released. If not, we'll release it on Thursday. Um, And I've already sent it to Robbie and we got his seal of approval. He liked it. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I tell you what, man, like when we started this podcast and if you were telling me I would have got to do the things that we've got to do so far. Um, I mean, just a, over a year in, right? I mean, right. I've got to ride in a two-seater with Mario Andretti, race go-karts against Indy 500 driver. I mean, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's been a great ride so far.
1: Yeah, you get to do all those things. I just get to stand there and watch. I know. Oh, by the way, I have had the opportunity to do these two. I've, I've declined them. So, just, to, just so I'm being transparent here yep um <laughs> oh and let's talk about our guest next week
0: next week yeah um johnny parsons jr right jr yes yes
1: johnny parsons jr it was a great talk we're gonna get dirty with johnny for a little bit if anybody remembers his uh helmet it used to say on when he ran dirt and getting dirty um so it, it was a fun talk uh Johnny Man, I mean, he—what you say? He comes to the speed. Come to—he came to the speedway for the first time in '70.
0: Is that right? Yeah, around that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, great story. Obviously, you know, his dad's Indy 500 winner. Um, but he, um, he was a cop for a little while in um California, and he pulled over James Garner, right? Right. He talks about that story. It's kind of interesting, and you know, he connected with them later on in life. You know, as a race car driver. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's it's kind of funny. Um, you know, great guy. We had a little bit of um, phone issues with it, but so I'll have to clean up clean up some of that. But no, it was it was definitely a great um, a great interview.
1: Yeah, we hope to do more with Johnny in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a you know, he and his half brother poncho i mean real legends of the sport uh hopefully we can get poncho on here at um poncho carter for my money one of the you know one of the great driving talents uh of his time uh unfortunately terrible indy car crash you know um Hardy's feet, speed. I'm sure everybody listening to the show probably knows the story and the fact that he was able to come back from that. And not only, not only drive, but thrive is just, and again, much like milking and just an amazing story. And, um, hopefully we can get uh poncho on here, but Johnny was, uh, such a great racer himself. So good on the big tracks. Sure. Um, so it it was really great talking to him
0: yeah absolutely well um yeah definitely stay tuned for next week and um yeah thanks everyone for watching and listening and remember to hit like and subscribe and um yeah hope everyone has a great week take care bye our guest today is a motorsports artist and toy designer we're joined by tom osborne tom thank you so much for joining us i'm a fellow graphic designer so um no i've been actually looking forward to this and you know, I've I've heard a lot about uh, you know, some of the stuff you've done and I actually have at least one T shirt I can think of that you designed, the um the Evil Kinevil livery. So it's it's really cool to talk to you.
3: Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here and just wish we could have got the camera part going, but um yeah. Um Yeah it's, I think that's the only T shirt I did something. Well, there's probably a couple other ones, but uh um yeah, that was done for, uh, obviously, for that car, which is pretty um, pretty well-known, or it's kind of pretty iconic just for its paint scheme, not for its performance. <laughs> right.
1: It's one of the few cars that, at the Speedway, missed the show, but it, everybody still recognizes it.
3: Uh, yeah, well, it actually ran twice. It ran uh, in 77 and 78, and 78, 77 was evil Evel Knievel paint scheme and uh 78 was the uh obendorfer paint scheme which is right uh, almost almost the same it's a little different uh in orange and brown which was obendorfer's colors so
1: yeah i i I, am i wrong about that because i'm i'm wrong a lot so i thought gary missed a show with that car he made the show with that car
2: yeah okay yeah i I think he finished
1: 16th or something did he really well yeah look at me with egg on my face
2: (laughs)
3: yeah no it, it made it both his both grant's cars that year sheldon drove the other one sheldon kinzer drove uh i guess it was genesee beer or yeah i think it was genesee beer yeah um so both of grant's cars made the show that year um well they both and then john martin drove them the first john martin and who else i can't remember well, Sheldon I guess um drove them the first year, so they were actually there three years, and I did the uh he called them grant called them dragons and uh they might have been dragging something that they couldn't have gone you know if they couldn't go faster, but they had trouble with the uh car warping uh a little bit like twisting um but uh the dragon itself i also designed the logo of the dragon that's on the nose of those cars uh which is uh, i think still around those both those cars are still around i think well i know the evil knievel car is uh, i think uh i heard it was out in the evil knievel museum wherever that is kansas i believe yeah,
0: last I, think it's in Kansas. last I saw that car was on a YouTube video for I think it was like Donut Media, Scott, and they like parked it on the street in LA yep. to see how yeah. many parking tickets they would that. get.
3: <laughs> That's right. I, I saw that. That was funny. People come up and just look at it like it's like parked with, next to a uh, a meter, you know, a parking meter. Right. <laughs> it was funny.
1: So Tom, kind of tell us. I mean, what was the path that kind of led you to? doing the job that you did and, and getting into racing and, uh, and toy well, design.
3: Um, yeah. Well, I, well, my, uh, my sister, who's, uh, 10 years older than I am, uh, gone to Austin Healy when she was 20 oh, some years old and started, uh, getting road and track magazine. And I started looking at it and reading it. And I, I, you know, as a car guy, but I loved the way the race cars looked. And I, found out along the line that the biggest race in the world was, you know, pretty close to my house. Um, so I first went to uh, the Speedway in 1966, and uh, we no sooner sat down than Chuck Rohde was killed right in front of us. Oh wow. um, It didn't look like a bad crash. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like Earnhardt's. Um, and the first race I attended was 1967, and I've attended every one since then. Except 1972, when I was in a crash myself going to the race. Race morning, I was in a crash in Batesville, Indiana, and uh, eight people were hospitalized, including myself. Um, So that's kind of how I started. And then in uh, 1967 also, um, my dad took me and a couple other people went to the the Daytona 500. and we had a little, some connections down there with uh, some uh, a guy we knew that was a, a radio sports guy on television, and he got us great credentials. And so I was 15 years old, and I'm like standing in the live pit of the of Cale uh, Yarbrough, and uh, sat and talked with him for a couple hours. And uh, there was a guy there named John Fowler. worked for Firestone and he had a son that was a little younger than me so we kind of hung around together during practice and that and I asked John Fowler how to get you know how to get involved in racing he says well if you ever want to get again he's working for Firestone this was you want to get involved in racing uh talk to Grant King Hmm. and um so that was in 67 and then uh I went to the University of Cincinnati Industrial Design Program. I wanted to be a car designer. And um uh, the five year program there uh that has mandatory co-oping. You go you co-op at that time six times. Uh you co-op for three months and then come back to work or come back to school for three months, and you just alternate that for the last three years of your uh, schooling there. So um I ended up with an opportunity to work for RCA over on Sherman Avenue in Indianapolis. And I did something called a double section, which means I was going to be there for six months in a row from January to June of 1974. And uh, about the second week I was there, uh, I decided I'm going to try to get involved in racing and call Grant King. So I called Grant King's shop and Doris answered. and uh, we talked for a while. She's very pleasant. Um, but I wouldn't, I would say it wasn't really getting anywhere. And then I mentioned John Fowler's name and she said, Oh, you know, John, well, why don't you come over and see us tomorrow night? And so I drove out the next night. I drove out to the shop. I couldn't believe that they were working after dinner. Um, <laughs> grant worked. grant worked as. I mean, he's the hardest working man I've ever known. And, uh, he would go to 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, um, so I stood around for a week every night I went out there and just stood around. Um, and, uh, so some of the guys are there was, uh, zoom. I don't know what, I don't remember zoom's name. Um, shoot. I can't think of any, or Tom deal of course was one of the crew sure. members And Tom and Tom and I are still friends and I park at his house every year for the five hundred. Um, But finally, Grant says, are you the guy who can draw? And I says, yeah. He says, well, I've got a bunch of chassis here. I want you to record for me, draw for me. Uh, So I did blueprints of, uh, or did the drawings for blueprints of uh, several sprint cars and um, dirt car, Not nothing on the Indy cars. But uh, I think one of my drawings, uh, the chassis hanging up out at Grant's now. a few other drawings that I've done over the years that are out there at Billy, uh, Billy and Stephanie Throckmorton's place. Um, so that, so I started drawing them and, um, then it was getting into racing season and they had just hired Tom Sneva to drive for them. Chris Loth was the driver at the time and he left. They hired uh, some rookie named Tom Sneva and, um, then Grant says, Well, you want to go race with us? And so I said, Absolutely, of course. So uh, I rode in there with them in their big red El Dorado uh, to uh, Trenton, uh, Trent, New Jersey that year. Uh, and um, Sneva qualified on the front row next to Andretti uh, at that race. So I, I didn't really do anything in the pits. Uh, well, nothing you know during the race, I did you know, carried stuff around and that kind of stuff, but I never really jumped over the wall or anything, um, at least then. So, um, that I think was the race before the 500 that year, and uh, it was cold, though I remember that, but anyway, we uh, so in 1974, uh, I was was. Tom Sneva's crew, uh, again, didn't do a whole mu- whole lot, um, you know, was, but I was in heaven and, and one day Grant, uh, they were going to take the car out, pull it out with a tractor, and Grant said, well, why don't you get in it and steer it out there. And So I did that and I pulled on to pit lane there and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot of, lot of and, uh, <clears throat> a lot of guys pay their dues and a lot of guys pay their dues in lower... Echelons are racing, and here in the second race, I'm involved with a race car, and it's the Indy 500. Uh, so, Grant and I became great friends. He was uh, my father died in 1969, so uh, Grant was a kind of a surrogate dad to me for uh, for a long time. We, uh, uh, you know, he was really so good to me. Him and him, he endorsed, and uh, and that's how I got started. Uh, and we I just kind of. I never, I wasn't a, an employee paid employee ever. And, uh, you know, I was pursuing my, my career. Uh, sometimes I wish I had stayed in Indianapolis and, you know, I thought I could be Roger Penske or something, but, um, so we, uh, we became great friends over the years and, uh, and uh, that's kind of how it got
0: started. Wow. No, that's a really incredible story. Um, so, I mean, at that point, you're, know, you're talking about doing some design work. Um, and, and at what point, and I know this really isn't racing related, but, um, I know you were involved with the Kenner toys and star Wars. At what point did you, d- did that kind of happen?
3: <clears throat> well, I graduated in, uh, from, from the university of Cincinnati and, in- Uh, June like everybody else and the following I just I didn't do a whole lot just kind of decide what to do and get my portfolio together and I I had co-opted Kenner my first three times so I knew everybody at Kenner they knew me and so when an opening came available um you know they hired me and I started there in, in January 1976 and um Kenner at the time was not a huge toy company. They uh, they had done things things like uh, Play-Doh and Easy Bake Oven and uh, Baby Alive, Um, but uh, when I got there, uh, we they started working there on the Six Million Dollar Man, which was one of the properties that they owned. And then one day, somebody brought a script in, and and uh, all of us got a chance to read it, and it was. or a movie called Star Wars and uh, everybody of course all the designers immediately jumped on it because it was it had it was what we called the toy attic. it had so many toys in it um with the ships and the figures and the vehicles and all that kind of stuff so I did a lot of preliminary uh design work on a lot of the Star Wars stuff um Got to meet George Lucas a couple times, present to him, oh, wow. um, in, in his house, and uh, you're talking about Edward Scissorhand, I also, I also met Tim Burton, who uh, this is the guy who did Edward Scissorhand, who looks just like Edward Scissorhand with normal <laughs> hands. I mean, it's amazing. That, I mean, it's a story about him, but anyway. So um, then I, I. Um, So in 1977, we started with with the Star Wars toys and I was promoted to manager of design and eventually director of design. Um, So I had a hand in everything that came out of the company for several years. Um, Did a lot on the Ghostbuster line as well when we did the real Ghostbusters. Um, But Star Wars was, you know, the the one that kind of made the company go and it it sort of keeps me semi famous I guess I I was in um, Nashville earlier this year in April for a a convention like Comic Con it wasn't a Comic Con but it was about it was in a a hotel we had about six to seven thousand people came through all you know and about half of them were dressed up and uh, I hadn't kept much from my days back then some people have kept a lot of stuff. I know one of my co-employees put his two sons through Notre Dame University on the stuff that he collected when he was there. (laughs) Uh, So he was a lot smarter than I was uh, from that standpoint. But anyway, at this convention uh, in this past April, I I had about a dozen of my old business cards, and people were paying $125 for me to sign them to give them to them. So I made about 800 bucks in one day, which was fun. Um, So I've I've done that a couple of times. I did this show like that in Mexico City about two years ago, um, where I I was more doing Ghostbusters then. Uh, Had a slide presentation and then was at a desk with with about 23 other people from different, different companies, Mattel and... Some, firm, some of them were not toy, not toy makers, but were involved with the Star Wars toys, like that one of the guys who played Boba Fett was there. Um, and so this last one I went to in April, the guy that was C-3PO was there, He's about 85 or 86 years old. Um, Anthony Daniels, I think his name.
2: Yeah, so anyway, I
3: think so, yeah. Given, yeah, it was, you know, for... It was a really good, good job. I mean, it paid very well. um, And we were on top of the world for all the years that I was there. Um, But in 1991, three of us got a little restless and uh, we left and started our own company um, consultancy. And we did that for 10 years. And then I did work at the University of Cincinnati full-time, placing students in these co-op jobs for a while. Um, so I've done a lot of different stuff. and uh, But all the time, I'm racing, you know, with Grant. And uh, I think I went to most every track at the time, in Ontario and uh, Milwaukee. Um, and uh, where else? Trenton, I was at Trenton, I was at Pocono, uh, so Phoenix a couple of times. Um, it's an interesting story. We uh, In 74, Tom Sneva was going to drive the car at Phoenix, and they had a, a midget race be- before that on the big, on the mile track. And um, somebody, I don't know who it was now, but somebody had a midget and they said, asked tom to drive it so he's going to race in the midget race and i guess it was the day before and run in the in the things were bobby ball 150 or something like that and so we took or two uh going to tow two cars from indianapolis to phoenix and i'm riding along and i would didn't do any driving but i was riding along with uh uh, with a couple guys from Chicago and, and Daryl Sopi, who, who was the chief mechanic for a while, he was with us. And we got, so we got one truck pulling a uh, a trailer, nothing like they have today, nothing like these big
2: <laughs> semis.
3: This was, I think, a coffin type trailer. Right. It had IndyCar in it, and then the midget was being pulled on an open trailer. And we, and we get about, uh, an hour outside Indianapolis, maybe over by Terre Haute, and uh, one of the trucks quit, and we uh, found out that the, I don't know, the, alternator, generator, whatever it was back then, wasn't charging the battery. Um, so what they, the, the what we determined to do was we switch batteries and would run for a hundred miles or so, then stop <laughs> and switch batteries. All the way to Phoenix.
1: <laughs> of course, uh, of course, you'd hate yeah. to stop and buy the correct part and just put the now, correct part uh, on. We did
3: that. We did that when we got to Phoenix. We went to a hobby or hobby, an auto store, and uh, and uh, you know got the right part and put it in. But yeah, that was that was a fun trip. Uh,
1: I can't imagine driving all the way from <laughs> Tahoe or wherever that would have been to to Phoenix like that. I, I just can't imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah, it happened is
3: hilarious. And, uh, that's, uh, Big Lou Big Lou from Chicago who was big and you know he he looked exactly like you'd think a guy named Big Lou from Chicago looked.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, he did a lot of the driving. Uh a guy named Mike Guglielucci, whose son Mike Junior is involved in racing now. Oh and, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's a fr- he's a friend of mine. Um uh, he went along, and uh, like I say, I was in, in Daryl Soppy. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, that's how I've always pronounced it. And a lot of people would know yeah. Daryl from, uh, I mean, he had great success with Mario, and yeah, uh, yeah he was, Bill worked uh, with him a yeah. lot. And,
3: yeah. Yeah. So,
2: <clears throat>
3: you know, that was my experience. And then after uh, Grant was gone, or actually even before that, I think, uh, but in 1980, when you know, I was on a crew with Grant, uh, Walter, Walter Goodwin, his birthday yep. was like yesterday, I think, uh, he and I became friends and still, still friends. I saw him about two weeks ago. Um, so I started, uh, hanging around uh, with his championship dirt car. And, and that, again, didn't really, I'm not a, I'm not a mechanic of that quality. Uh, I never went that route. So. Um, Started hanging around with him, and you know, got to know Bill from from that Bill uh, Bowie. So yeah. uh, that's kind of that's kind of yeah. my racing, yeah. Uh, yeah, you
1: know, it was it, it was uh, it was it was always great. Like you know, I know we called you a few times, and you would send us just designs for the midget or or for whatever. And it just it was always so awesome when you would send something. You you mentioned Milwaukee, and I. I told this story to Aaron and a few people the there night where uh eighty eighty one, you gave me a, actually a prototype game. It was a drag racing game. And yeah, I remember uh that. yeah, I think it was called Red Line. And yeah. I uh I played that for like the next six years till broke. <laughs>
3: um
2: and I had I, lasted six years. I,
3: it, you uh, if you don't it, have it now, you you could probably sell it for you know couple hundred dollars if, if you yes
2: had it even
3: in even one market
1: yes that's that's what i was chastised about because uh, about 10 years ago i i uh i did end up getting rid of it yeah, uh, yeah. along with all of my slot cars along with all my 45s from from the 70s uh, along with all that stuff i just had nowhere to put it anymore and uh i, I ended up getting rid of all that but uh yeah, you know, I, I tell you, Tom, it's it, uh, it, it's funny you mentioned all those people with, with Grant as well, and I think uh, I think that some, oh, everybody a, works
3: for Grant, everybody right. worked for Grant at one time. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Jerry Weeks is the one who has the longest, yeah, un- uninterrupted tenure at Grant King Racing. I think it's three years or a little more than three years.
1: Oh well, I mean, Dad worked there for uh, Dad worked there until it was from eighty to. Uh, Till the day it shut
3: down. So well, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. So he he worked there until after uh, Grant's death, and to the day it shut down. So that's the early two thousands.
3: Yeah. Uh, um,
1: yeah, I was yeah. I, I
3: was devastated when Grant died. That was again. It's like my father. It didn't surprise me he died in a car because he was a terrible driver. Um, but uh, I never
1: rode with him. I've heard that though, but my father is a horrible driver as well. So I can, I can, <laughs> uh, I can picture it.
3: So <laughs> I remember giving you guys toys or you in particular, I the, yeah. You, Eddie, or, uh, Bill and Vicky were probably too old for toys by then, but yeah. Oh yeah. But,
1: yeah. uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah. You just, you've always been such a kind and generous person. And, and, uh, I've always found like what you, what you do is fascinating. I, I know I would, uh, anytime you were around, especially when you started your own thing, uh, we'd have a chance to talk. I was always asking you about, you know, if you had anything, you know, cause you guys were always looking for the next thing. I remember that. I mean, how was, like, you guys would have these ideas and you do these pitch meetings and you try to make them work. And, um, yeah. yep. it's it just, week, it,
3: uh, yeah, we, it was it was really cool. Uh, I kind of combined racing and toys after that when uh, when I had my own company. Um, are you familiar with the Carousel One models? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one day I called Frank Dalton, who was the head of. He was Carousel One. Carousel One was only about two or three people in the United States, and everything else is done in China. But I called him one day, and I was doing for a while, and eventually I did a lot of designed a lot of the models for Carousel One. Um, Oh wow! He he liked it because I was so close to the Speedway, and he would arrange for me to go over there, and um, and they would uh, have put somebody with me. But I got to I would take apart with the help of the other guy. We'd take apart, you know, take the bodies off or whatever. And uh, I would take about 600 photographs of each car with a a, uh, ruler next to it or yardstick next to it with every other inch colored black. So you could tell on the photograph. So that's the way you'd measure how big the part was. And so I'd take all the photographs and and come back home and then uh, do a drawing um, of the car and all its parts, um, about a hundred maybe parts in each car. And um they would take that and we'd send it to Asia and they would send back a prototype that was one and a half times bigger. So it was instead of one sixteenth, it was like one twelfth scale. Um and then those patterns are just gorgeous. They're destroyed in the process of making the tooling for them. But um that was a lot of fun because I got to know people at this at the museum pretty well. I got to go in a basement. Um we were a couple times. We did one of Foyt's cars down there, Coyote, and we're gonna. We were started on doing the um, Novi uh, for oh, wow. uh, the uh, Herdibees's uh, Novi, but then that got stopped because of some kind of uh, argument or some kind of. Uh, uh, issue over who really owned the car even though it was at the Speedway Museum so we never I got the drawings but we never did that and then he started doing airplanes and <clears throat> um he uh kind of spread it I think too thin and uh and then it really dropped off because I think the first car the first car I know the first one he made was Rathman's Roadster and uh I think he sold 10,000 of those,
2: oh, and.
3: Wow. Uh, by the time we got done the turbine the the wedge term it um i think it was dropped down to like only 700. so when he uh when he decided to go out of business he had me drive down he they were from high point north carolina he's still still there i, I talk to him every once in a while and um uh, he had me drive down uh because he wanted to get rid of stuff so he gave me all of the prototypes and parts and extra models um maybe some were damaged a little bit and i had to fix them uh, so my basement right now is a, like a little mini indie museum i've got <laughs> two slot car tracks down there. i got an ho slot car track and a 143rd slot car track i have an ho train and uh but i i've collected art from the speedway so the walls are covered i have a i live in a ranch house so there's a pretty large basement and uh, the walls are covered with uh, some of my art and other people's that i admire art that i've bought over the years and I have several cases that are full of carousel one indy cars and one of them that uh, we had from 84 march was one of the last cars he did um and he did the penzoil did rick Mears' car and we'd start to do uh Michael Andretti's Craco, and uh, we stopped with twelve. So I have one of the twelve only twelve Craco uh, cars oh. in existence. And every time he would do a new car, he would take twelve of them, which was how many came in the shipping cart. Uh, he would take twelve of them and uh, gold plate them.
2: Oh wow! So I, I uh,
3: yeah, so I have several. I don't have them all, but I have several of those, and uh, they're all signed by because of. Walter again, Walter Goodwin, who would go out to lunch almost every day with uh, with Eddie and Watson. And so I kind of got to know Watson just from lunches. And so all my personal one roasters are signed by Watson. And uh, a lot of them are signed by the drivers. Uh, so it's uh, I'm not allowed to have any racing. Well, I, my office upstairs has racing stuff in it where I am now. But uh, most of the racing stuff has been... Delegated to the basement by my wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, I actually have. Well, I got a nose off of one of your one of Billy's cars that I got from Walter, and then oh, Eddie gave, gave me. A, yeah, it's one of the uh, it's a championship dirt car, and then um, uh, Eddie gave me the one day. This is after Grant died. Gave me a nose off of one of the his cars, and this one was. I found out a pretty significant. It was driven by Rutherford for a while. Um, and Steve Chassis, so I yeah, have those so nose just hanging downstairs.
1: Is, is it got the 15 on it when it was a Christie yeah. Geronimo car from Jufre? Yeah, yeah,
3: yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so you know it. Um, and then I, I threw, I think Walter ended up with this, or I don't. Um, but I have the side piece of uh Sneva's car, the first car I was on. Um, so it's got a little. Little piece. It's a pretty big piece actually, but it's. Uh, <laughs> uh And then what else? So Grant, one day he caught – I went over there, and uh, he said, "Well, oh, come on and help me." And so I'd go over on Saturdays every once in a while in off season, uh, just to see him. And this Saturday, I had to help him pull seven offies out of the engine room. Uh, he had them up on the up on the the loft area there. Right. And he. And he found a couple of bricks from the Speedway he's he doing it. And he said, here, take these. So I've got two bricks that Grant gave me in, the, oh, that's in awesome. my museum downstairs. So, yeah, a lot of photographs in that. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm one of the uh, moderators, I guess, of the Grant King Racing page on Facebook. And a lot of photographs there are from, from me. I was I did a lot of photography for him back then. Or just for me too. I mean, I just took a lot of pictures, so I have a lot of pictures of, uh, of Grant at different races, Grant and Doris. So. It was yeah, fun. Grant.
1: Grant, Grants are really, um, you know, in racing circles, you know how it is, right? Some people are loved, some people are not loved. Some people yeah. have like these reputations, you know, Grant was, you know, Grant was always great to me, um, and, and all that. You know, hard,
3: hard of gold yeah,
1: life. and uh, he could be a tough character, he was always great to me. And
3: uh, Donald, Donald Davidson describes him as rather volatile,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the first statement. That's a, that's as fair a statement as you can get. Boy, and you get him and dad together arguing, and it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, that is that is a combustion right there. Um, <laughs> but uh. You know the the thing about Grant, though, when you step back and look at it as a as a, as a whole, really an inspirational story. You know, immigrant. I think through Canada, right? He yeah, was he from was Canada, from York, Columbia. yeah, yeah, and uh, just everything he was able to accomplish. And it wasn't just in auto racing; he did a lot of other things. And uh, Grant really made a hell of a life, and and made a made a a, a really interesting life um yeah out of his he, life he's very
3: very prolific with building race cars especially you know the, the sprint cars and that and it, i mean he he had watched the next door and right. so you know the story when gurney had the eagle in 72 grant didn't want to wasn't going to pay the i don't know what it was like five thousand or eight thousand it wasn't a lot of today's money it was like man i could own one but of course i didn't have that kind of money back then but instead of buying one from gurney he just went over there and copied it you know and he was known for his uh ability to uh copy things and then uh put his own little twist in them like his the rear suspension on the rear suspension on the dragons or also the rear suspension on foist coyote i don't know a lot of people know that or not um that you know, that's the 77 coyotes that he, that he right. raced in the 70s. Um, I, I had an upright once that had AJF on stamped into it that I found at Grants. I don't know what I did with that. Um, yeah, he was very prolific. Uh, he had a heart of gold, he, he got mad a lot. I can remember wrenches buying into walls, and uh, he just was. He was a funny guy. I mean, he was—he was, he was uh, neat to be around. Uh, and if if he if he's in a good mood, which he was most of the time, I think uh, there's nobody there was nobody better. He was uh, again. He was like a father to me. And uh, at his funeral, his wife came up to me and, and said, "You know, he always thought of you as a son," yeah. which meant a lot to me. Uh, sure. Yeah. So he anyway, he, we move on. He um.
1: He had an amazing eye for detail. Um, yes. anyway, that's the one thing I remember. Grand. And I remember when we had a we had gotten a stealth midget and he went to, you know, he because he still went to the silver crown races for yeah. years, you know, until not long before he passed away, but he would still go to the races and he and Jewfrey would hang out and cook the brats and all that. Yeah, but I got a picture of me
3: and Jufri and Grant and Watson uh, up at Milwaukee. Yeah. And and that was when we're standing in the infield there cooking the the brats. Food was another – food was a very important thing to Grant. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Man, those brats too, man. uh, I don't think
1: he drank, though. I never saw him drink too much. uh, But he loved to eat. You know, And uh, Jufri, Jufri had this special place he'd go get his brats made. He had his own special yeah. mix, and it was a big deal. you know,
2: like the I'll tell you a little really
3: Jew-free story. I'll tell you a little Jew, Jew-free story. One of these, I don't know when it was, what time of the year it was. I, I drove over to Grant, and well, it must have been before Milwaukee Race. But um, Grant and I drive up to Milwaukee, and uh, I think it was in that old Volkswagen a pickup truck that he had um and uh, red, red of course um, sure oh yeah we, of course we've going to we had we stopped at a place called sally's have you ever heard of that and in, in milwaukee mm.
1: no i don't know uh, it, it it was
3: a, a steakhouse um food was unbelievable but i felt like i was on the set of uh the godfather um, yeah,
1: good fellows, something like that, right?
3: Yeah, I was, I was yeah. waiting for Al Pacino to come out of the bathroom and shoot somebody. I mean, it was that kind of joint. That,
2: yeah, there was a. Really-
3: uh, yeah, uh,
1: Spike talks about going to a dinner and probably the same place with uh with uh, Frank and uh, very similar feelings he had. Uh yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of guys named Tony. You yeah, know, Frankie, Tony, yeah. things like that.
3: <laughs> I particularly remember this old guy, probably eighty-five, very trim in a tux, and he had a girl about twenty-five on each arm uh, in, in gowns. So uh, I don't think they were going to the senior prom. <laughs> Maybe they were. Maybe the prom for seniors.
2: You know, <laughs> right?
3: He, uh, so, yeah, I, I,
1: boy, that's a guy I miss too. I, I miss the Jewfries. you know, I miss Frank. Uh, Frank I just ran into one.
3: I was at, at grand shop. about three weeks ago. And one of the Jewfree brothers was there.
1: Was it Dominic or was it Frankie
3: jr? No, it was Dominic.
1: Okay. Yeah. Dominic, I like
3: yeah.
1: him. He's a good guy yeah. too. I Uh, but anyway, so kind of getting back to what we're talking about, we were at Springfield in, uh, Grant was eyeing this race car because he, and Grant hadn't really been around the more modern midgets, right? At this point, yeah. he you know, he didn't quit car building and stuff like that. And he was eyeing this car and he was asking questions and he was talking about this and that. And you, you could see it in his mind already, like how he would build it a little different than the way it was. Yeah. And you, you could just, you could see his mind working because you could by the questions he asked. And yeah. uh yeah. yeah, you know, it was just it was interesting uh it, it was interesting to be around grant and just yep, kind of yep. get a feel for how his mind worked but you know kind of getting back to what we're kind of talking about the beginning so they bring a script to you right at kenner and it's star wars yeah. or ghostbusters or whatever and you were talking about um you could see the toys i mean in your mind's eye you could see what yeah. the toys would be do they at that point they do they have the designs for these Items already, or were you guys ever involved in helping to design the look of the
3: items? Well, they always said they would always say, if you, you know if you come up with something cool, we'll use it. I don't think they ever did maybe once or twice, but uh, uh, not really. We did a lot of things that we build as being just off camera. <laughs>
2: Right. You know, it's there.
3: You just didn't see it in the movie. So I think we had some things called mini rigs that were little vehicles that one figure would stand on and uh, and fly it around. Um, So, yeah, they were uh, an interesting story about reading scripts and, and, and we would get scripts all the time for all kinds of stuff. And I remember we got a script for Men in Black. Um, we ended up not doing the toys. I'm not sure who did, um, but I was, uh, I was up in Chicago uh, for a, a day or two with some clients. This is when I had my own company afterwards, and I, so I decided to go see Men in Black, and I'm watching it, and it's like, wait a minute. I knew that was going to happen. And then someone wait, I knew that. And about halfway through, I realized it's because I read the script. I forgot I read the script. <laughs> and so I I thought it was clairvoyant there for a while, but then I remembered that uh, I'd, I'd read the script. So, yeah, so. And I think, you know, one of the things that that career did is uh, my oldest son, uh, Patrick, who I have lots of pictures of i have a picture of him in grant's car when he's a year and a half old and he's 41 now um uh he you know i would draw with me at home when i come home and sketch and stuff and i'm always sketching I'm, i have a drawing of a race car right in front of me at the moment i more of a, it's it's of the uh top gun car so uh uh anyway um I just got another call from my wife in California here, but I'll just send you a voicemail. Anyway, um, he, uh, he decided to go into the arts and uh, went to, he's an animator. He went to Ringling School of Design, became an animator, and then had the chance to, you know, when he was at Disney, uh, had the chance to um, present any idea he might have or ideas that he had for a short uh, six-minute Disney short, um, and this was in 2014. Uh, so he presented to John Lasseter, who was a uh, contemporary of Tim Burton. They both got fired sure. from Disney on the same day. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, they both got fired the same day. Obviously, Lasseter came back and did quite well because he ran that and, and uh, uh, the other joint. I can't think of it right now. Um, Pixar, Pixar, yeah. Um, yeah. So Patrick got to do that, and he did a movie um, that was on the front end of Big Hero Six, which was a Disney's Christmas movie. And uh, the his his film called Feast won the Oscar that year for Best Animated Short. So he was on oh, stage wow. thanking thanking his mom and dad on national television and stuff. So he's been he's nominated twice for Oscars. And I think he has a couple uh, Emmys maybe, yeah, I think he has two or three Emmys. So, and, uh, and all, all, I have three sons and all three of them are still racing fans. Uh, my oldest, uh, middle, the no, youngest son, John flies in every year for the 500. He's in Los Angeles also. And, uh, my son, Chicago, uh, brings his two boys. So we're trying to pass the racing on, um, Interesting story about John coming back. Uh, this was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so. And he shows up with three girls uh, that came back for the 500. And at the time, I had four tickets together. And this girl had two. So she came up to me and said, uh, mr. Osborne would you mind perhaps training your uh your four tickets for the two that I have. And I said, sure. And you know, so they sat together and these tickets were in turn two. So in 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 what is it, Southeast vista. So I'm going up, 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 up and run out of rows. So it ended up being, you know, on the two top rows that are above everybody else, up with the spotters. So right. Right after the race, you know, after the race I said, Man, those were great seats. we Where'd you get him? she said my father gave him to me. He works for Roger Penske. <laughs> He's Penske's <laughs> lawyer. Or one of Penske's <laughs> lawyers. Not in the racing end, but in the in the uh dealership end. Uh, so that was other than being in the pits, that was the best uh the best race uh, best position seat that I ever had. So
0: Oh wow. So you were yeah. talking a little you were talking about, you know, doing some the design stuff for Grant. So, I mean, whenever there was, like, you know, a new livery, and obviously, there, new liveries wasn't really a big thing like it is now, obviously. I mean, usually when there right. was a livery, it was for the whole year, I'm guessing. But So, I mean, yeah. pretty much whenever they had a new livery, like, you designed it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: for uh, most of the 70s, yeah. And uh, there's some, like for the evil Knievel car, there are still some other designs that mm-hmm. uh, Bill Throckmorton has out at the museum. Um, and then when Grant was doing uh, I mean, he was changing. And in fact, one time he had a, uh, he had a lead on a pub that was a Lotus 78, which was the world championship car that Mario drove. But he had a lead on And uh, there's a picture out of the shop of my rendition of what that car would have looked like. Um, and there's a couple other renderings that they have hanging up out there, but Grant would, um, would have, he would say nothing about my designs. He'd say, what do you want to, I mean, nothing bad. He'd say, which one do you want to do? And I'd tell him and he'd say, okay. I mean, he, uh, he had enough confidence in me, which I really appreciated. Um, and, and he would always, you know, just. Taken and in fact the uh, evil Knievel car was painted by George Snyder. Ziggy painted the, that car. A lot of people. Don't I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then I, I the next, you know, we won the PP and G award for that car, which is uh, a award was given out by PP and G for the best looking graphics on a race car uh, for the race. And then the next year I won it again with a car I did for. Um, Chuck looper and uh russ russ pollock i think it was larry dixon drove it it was a mclaren uh blue with some rainbow stripes and um oh yeah
1: new, beautiful race car it had 80 on it
3: yeah yeah number 80 yeah looper did uh change that around a little bit uh but the basic concept you know is i think mine and then uh we did a car for gary b um which was a sony car but that it, it qualified in my paint scheme, but then in I don't know if it's in practice or qualifications, Pancho uh, Poncho Carter had the Hardy sponsorship and he crashed and couldn't race in the five hundred, so they painted the Bettenhausen car up in the Hardy's scheme. Um, and then I ran so into would a guy. Would that have
1: been was that the year that Poncho crashed twice in qualifying?
3: It might have been, I can't remember it being on the pit wall and watching him go by just skidding on the tub,
1: yeah, none I don't remember the
3: wheels were on the ground anymore I don't remember yeah. if that was eighty eight
1: uh, or eighty nine or eighty seven I, I, I think it was eighty eight I
3: think it was eighty eight and i have I've have, you know who Ken Coles is right, or was he's oh too, yeah, but... absolutely, yeah, so I have all of his cars or or all of his all the cars that I've done I have his uh, prints that he did black and white photography and then he hand tinted them um with the colors which is the style it used to be done before color film was invented uh, but it's kind of this nostalgic look as you know so i Aaron, actually did, i did, I, did I was gonna tell Aaron of...
1: that was uh, oh, okay. those kid cole's things like and you'll see them and you could tell that they're colored in but i, I mean I always felt like that. I always felt like those were so much cooler than any color photo I've ever seen. I've yeah, probably seen um, them. I they're think they're I just, a, they're just amazing to look at. And I always felt like, I don't know, like when you would say, Oh, I'm getting the Ken Coles of this car,
3: you know? Yeah. That, it was like the standard, right? You know, you had to have it.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, uh, And you'll see him for sale at the memorabilia show, which I also have a table at every year, but I'm not, I think I'm done doing that because I don't have much to sell anymore. Um, And let's see, uh, I actually did think more cars for Gary Trout, who uh, is over in Cincinnati, or now he's in Friendship, Indiana, but he was like a normal guy, an ordinary guy. and, And him and his dad, like, Got money together and bought a '87 March and made the race with Steve Chassis. I remember. I remember. remember. It's a it's a yellow and blue car. It has kind of stripes on the back of it. Chassis called them tiger stripes, but um, but he would be he chased a lot of people, a lot of a lot of uh, of uh, sponsors, and every time I would do a rendering for that. So I have a bunch of the renderings I did for him. Those were magic marker renderings. Um, and where else was I going? Oh, um, and then one year I at, at the at the memorabilia show I I was selling some of my paintings, my illustrations. And uh, Fred Junkless, who was uh, worked worked in a graphic design studio there in Indianapolis, but he had a lot to do with the program. So. Um, he told the Speedway and the Speedway commissioned me to do eight or nine illustrations. Uh, so I've, I've been in for the, for the 500 program. So I've been in the 500 program, been in the 400 program. Uh, I've done some stories and I, uh, I used to do some stories. Every, uh, I think I did three, three different years for Carl Humness. Um, when he had the yearbooks. So uh, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty good, you know, and, uh, um, and actually one of the highlights of my Indianapolis love was this past May, the day after the race, I did, I rode the two-seater with Mario driving it, and um, huh. that, that was, I had done it before with uh, Billy Hamilton, um, probably four or five years ago, and on that day, Tom Beale and, and Walter, Walter Goodwin, went with us to the track, and I didn't find out till afterwards that he had told uh, Billy Hamilton to scare me uh, when we were out there. So uh, I don't know if he did or not, but uh, it's it's so great, it's just unbelievable. It's uh, you, anybody that rides that uh, rides in a two seater, no matter who's driving it. I think we go, they go about 185. And I remember the first time I did, I, I I got out of the car and thinking, you know, I thought I could be a race car driver like everybody else, but I don't know if I could do that with 32 other cars and going 50 miles an hour faster than we were right. going. I mean, there, you just have a new appreciation for them, for drivers in the, in the, uh, the G forces in the corners are tremendous. I mean, it's just really slams you down in there. So, you know, 800 of those turns during the 500, those guys, are, those guys are athletes as much as uh, anybody else. Well, yeah. yeah, you, you
1: know, um, and I know Aaron talks about how much he loved it and he was there that day, obviously. And um it's amazing to think about too, is it wasn't until the last real twenty five years they even started really padding the cars, you know, for oh, yeah. G forces. Yeah. You you know what I'm yeah. saying? To compensate, yeah. you know, you 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 know, you had you see these drivers with these giant necks and
3: uh yeah. well, trying to they, hold them they did it up. A... Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. They, they, they have, when you do this two-seater, they have a GoPro on you and, um, you're not, you're not hooked up to a Hans device. Um, so if you look at the video that I have here, I mean, as soon as we hit the third turn, my head snaps over, uh, you know, and then the, the last lap, I'm just holding my helmet down because air gets underneath and tries to pull it up. And, uh, um yeah it was really uh you have to concentrate on that you know you try to look around or look around the driver or something but when you move your head out in that airstream a little bit it wants to take the helmet right off your head hey
1: uh, that, it just made me think of some. it doesn't have the aero screen or the halo on it does it no 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 also it's really like it's the end of what it used to be
0: like yeah, yep. no, it's very similar to yeah. I mean, I don't think they've changed. They've changed like the, um, I don't know, like the side pots and stuff a little bit, but I mean everything else pretty much the same. And that's the thing I noticed too, Tom. The big th- two, two, the two things that you just um, mentioned. Number one, if you look at my GoPro and the in the corners of my helmet, does the same thing. Like it just goes all the way to the outside, and I cannot move my head. Um, yeah. And obviously, the driver has a lot more padding. So I mean, they just kind of plug and play people oh, yeah. in those and seats i think
3: i don't know but i would think that you may be able to tell me that the, the hans device i think helps that a lot too uh,
1: a little uh, bit a little bit you know it's more for forward and
3: back. Forward and back. backward
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um I, you know it, it will you know and i've never worn one so i i'm speaking from ignorance as well but it it won't allow your head to get Quite as far over, I don't believe, because you are right. more restricted.
3: Yeah, you're tethered in a little bit. So, well, yeah, it's uh, it's great though, isn't it? Going <laughs> oh, down yeah,
0: it yeah, was. Like,
1: the um, I can't imagine. I've never done it. I'm a little large for the old two seater, so I have to watch. No, you fit.
0: It. No, you fit. No uh, problem. You, mm. you,
3: I I'm a little large for the two seater. I mean, I weigh two sixty. And I mean, uh, Really? I, 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 was, I always thought you
1: couldn't be much ever in like 220 or something like
3: that. No, they have uh, well, the, the the first time I did it with Davy Hamilton, they had three cars they were running that day, and there is a large car. Uh, I did not know one that. I got. Yeah, there's one that's a, huh. a little wider than the rest of them. You know, I could only fit in foist cars because he would have the. You know, <laughs> Seats made a little bit wider on them, you know. They make them wider after they got them. The side bolsters would be have little wedges out in them, so I could always fit in police cars. But I was in the Evil Nemo car. We brought it over for a concourse here in Cincinnati once, and I got in it. And uh, after about two minutes, like the bottom from my waist down was numb. I mean, it was so packed in there, and I it was. They had to pull me out of it. <laughs> it was. I couldn't couldn't kind of move my feet to get out of it, so it, they're pretty tight.
0: You know, I, th- I think the coolest thing for me for doing the two seater was um, d- just being like on the front stretch of the back stretch and just looking ahead and seeing. I mean, you know, one of the most iconic helmet helmet designs of all time, Mario's helmet, which everyone knows in yeah. racing. And just knowing that he was driving, it was this really cool moment.
3: You're exactly right. I felt, I felt the same thing going down the back and you can, you know, you see the top of this helmet there. And I, I thought to myself, man, that is Mario Andretti in, in that helmet,
0: you know? Yep.
3: And, uh, you know, when I, I was racing with Grant is when Mario was, you know, really making his big career and he wasn't the friendliest of guys back then. Um,
2: <laughs> He knew Grant he's,
3: pretty well. You know, he's lightened up a little bit over the years, I think Yes, he has thing. mellowed. And um they had a a, a luncheon before the I know it was like before or after, I forget. Before um uh, uh yeah, it was before and it was just super nice and Mario couldn't be nicer. I have I have a lot of model race cars uh, uh and I took the one I have of his grand prix winning car. Um, the one he, the Lotus 78 that he won the championship in. And he signed that for me, signed a few other things. And the thing I forgot, which I just kicked myself. I have a poster. It's, it's the STP poster of, uh, Granitelli kissing him. uh, Oh, wow. in In victory lane. And I have it signed by Granitelli. And it's like, damn, I missed getting him to sign it. I didn't think of it, you know. And uh, so I'll have to try to do that sometime if I run into him again. Hey, did in fact, you? Ever, Walter Goodman's dad you, is in that poster. He is. That's right.
1: He yeah. is in that poster. Yeah. Hey, did you, uh, did you ever meet JC Agajanian? Because obviously he was uh, around. Obviously he was part of that Evil Knievel car and he was doing a lot of stuff with Granite at,
3: at that time. Well, the short answer is yes. But I got I to tell you this story because this just happened this summer. I'm at the Walgreens down here uh, near my house getting a prescription. There's a guy in front of me, about maybe 45, 50 years old, getting a prescription too. And they ask his name and he says Agajanian. And I go, excuse me, like in J.C. Agajanian? He says, yeah, he was my great uncle. Uh, oh, wow. So this guy had been born and raised out in California, and uh, came back here because of a, a lady, and's married and has kids now. And but he, he was, uh, and he showed me some pictures of when the Agajanian family came over from Armenia. Uh, so pictures of Agajanian, he's he little little kid, and uh, but the interesting thing is, this guy, he lives in Cincinnati now. This guy has never been to the Speedway. And I said, your name's Agajanian, never been to the Speedway. I said, just go over there and knock on the door and they will treat you like a king. They'll show you everything. Because I think those are the people that are still there that remember J.C. Agajanian. But yes, in fact, there's a qualifying picture that we're both in. um, And he was quite a gentleman. Um, Well, I got another picture of me, Doris, uh, Agajanian at the banquet that year when we won the PPG award. Uh, so I uh, didn't know him well, but I was around him and uh, had, you know, talked to him several times. So real gentleman, real gentleman.
1: Yeah. We um, Robbins, basically her nephew is uh, Jagger Jones, which is part of his grandson, PJ's son. And yeah. um, she got him for Christmas or not Christmas for his birthday a few years ago. Uh, that great photo of um, of JC pouring in 150 silver dollars into Parnelli's yeah. helmet. Yeah, And uh, he goes and uh, this just shows you the difference. You know, the years go by and Jackie goes, "Well, who who's that guy?" I said, "Well, that guy is the reason why you get to do all of this. <laughs> that yeah. You get to go racing. That's JC Agajanian." And uh, it's just funny how he didn't know much about him. I I think he's done a lot of studying on that stuff since. Um, But, you know, he was 17, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, And the shirt that you have, is it – Aaron, did you want to have it? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Scott gave gave it to me, I think. Yeah, no, you gave it to me, Scott. And it's actually a little too small for me, so I can't wear it. I think it's – it says large, but I'm guessing it was a youth large. And I wear it like adult small. So, um, it's, I can't wear it, but I definitely have it in my closet. And well, it's, well, you uh, need to frame it then. Or yeah.
3: Something. Is it a t shirt or is it a collared shirt?
0: T shirt. It's the one with the, t-shirt. like, the bands on the, on the sleeves.
3: Does yeah, it have the
0: image on the back? It doesn't have anything on the, on the back.
3: No. Okay, Cause there are some of those that have, um, a image that I drew that uh it was the year that Grant was running all three cars and made the made the race with three of them and it was also used in artwork for his sprint car race that we'd have on the night of qualifications out at IRP um but it's um it was, it was done with heat um as a heat transfer and um, I got a couple of those that are haven't been put on a shirt yet, but it was a, it was a sketch I did in about 15 or 20 minutes. And, uh, <clears throat> he ended up, they ended up using, had all the cars on at 98, 97, uh, and 96. And, uh, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Harkey drove that car that year. Um, was, uh, Bettenhausen was on one and, and uh, Kinzer in one and then Harkey. uh, or maybe it was the year John Martin. I don't remember. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so some of them have an image on the back as well. Uh, you got the one that has the evil to evil car on it.
0: Yep, it's got the drawing on the front. And it has um, it it's, it has some words on the front. I forget what it says, but yeah, it's just a rendering of the car. Yeah,
1: it the the shirt's made <laughs> of a really weird material too. It's it's not really a t-shirt. Yeah, it's a yeah. very strange material. I I I don't <laughs> even think it would be legal to make.
0: <laughs> well, I tell I, I I I tell you what, man. When when I opened that bag, that sure had been in that bag for probably how many years? Four, 40 years.
1: Oh, it yeah. had. Well, I mean, you got it in twenty eighteen, and it had been in that bag since before then. So yeah, I mean, were, you know, since whenever it was made. So the
0: smell, the smells that came out of that bag were were not pleasant. <laughs>
3: The smell of an offie, right? A turbo offie.
0: I don't know. Yeah, what I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. A little. I just. I, little I have a
1: feeling the chemicals would not be allowed to be used for many of the items, <laughs> either what the shirt was made of or what the the ink was made of. I'm not sure which. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: a little. Some tidbit of uh, super trivia, super mi- minuscule trivia. When those shirts came out. um they're passing out the crew and Gary, Gary got one, Gary B. And he all of a sudden he got really pissed. And I didn't do this cause I didn't put it on the car, but somebody, they put his name on it and they spelled it benton house, B E N T. And oh, wow. uh, he really got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: funny. He was
3: madder in hell that day. So if you want to look, uh, Bettenhausen is not spelled correctly on that shirt. That's oh, fine wow. I sound like Donald Davidson with some minuscule bit of trivia that only he knows, you know. Right. Is he retired That's- completely? Is he not around? Yeah, he's yeah. retired. Yeah, it's yeah. too
0: bad. He's around. Uh, I don't right? I don't think I saw him this year. I don't think I saw him on the track at all this year, but I, I remember seeing him year before. But, so the, yeah. last, the last time I saw Donald Davidson, I was going to the McDonald's
1: on 16th uh, Street. I pull up, and Walter's, Walter is standing outside, and he and Donald Davidson are talking out
3: in front of the McDonald's. He oh, could probably I go off. back for dinner. He should have went back for dinner, and they'd still be there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Especially Walter.
0: Oh, man. Right. <laughs> So so obviously, Tom, when you, I mean when you started in the design world, I mean everything was pretty much dr- drawing by hand, right? like when, when was yeah. the first time you did any kind of model or anything on a computer?
3: I've never modeled 3D on a computer, but um, when I had been consultancy with you know, Photoshop came along, mm-hmm. um, but interestingly enough, where I teach at the University of Cincinnati, which is generally. Either first or second in the country for industrial design, rated that way. Um, it's still uh, like I'm going to start teaching next Tuesday for fall semester, and uh, it's uh, almost exclusively by hand. Then, so I use uh, a uh, iPad Pro, and I have a, a program called Procreate. I don't know if you've seen that or not.
2: Uh, but it
3: it is magic uh especially if drawn uh doing automotive stuff and uh i mean you can draw a very very rough sloppy ellipse and it'll snap it to the what it thinks is the closest and then you can change that ellipse around you can make it taller or wider or narrower and and move it around and, and it'll take curves and uh it's it it's just magic um So it's right next to me now, and it has probably 25 car renderings on it, Uh, Detroit-style car renderings, Uh, so, you know, the the slushy concept kind of car stuff, I like to do that, and uh, you know, I wish I had gone to Detroit, but then I wouldn't have the toy stuff, and I wouldn't have been Star Wars guy, you know, there's several books that I'm in, and which is fun you know uh it's fun to it was a great time it was i mean we could make anything and put a star wars logo on it and it would it would sell oh, it yeah
0: it's it's, yeah, it's so. funny you're you ta- it's funny you're talking about you know doing every you know really everything you've done by, by hand and like i said i went to school for graphic design and 98 percent of everything we did was solely on you know adobe illustrator photoshop um so it's it's definitely funny how things have changed and it's it's funny that i even went to school for graphic design because i cannot draw a straight line to save my life and i was able to get through graphic design school um i don't i'm not a graphic designer now i have a job doing it stuff Um, but i do graphic design stuff on the side but um yeah no it I always thought it was funny that I was so bad in art in school and I ended up doing graphic design.
3: Yeah, I'm actually doing more, uh, a painting. Uh, it's in Procreate, but I'm doing a painting now of the Joe Dawson uh, number eight. It was at Speedway. I took some photographs of it, it's in the museum. And uh, I'm trying to replicate oil painting with what you can do because you have a gazillion brushes that are in the program. Right, and there's more more of them you could buy online or download from online, so um, I'm trying to kind of do more of a fine artsy painting um, and I'm just looking at it now, so it's it looks pretty good I, um, I'll send it over to you guys. You've got to send me your emails addresses. Yeah. I'll text you. Mine's easy to remember. It's Tom Osborne. That's with the E at the end and no U. So O-S-B-O-R-N-E, Tom Osborne 500 at Gmail. So I just 500, I just randomly picked a number.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, uh, <laughs> so uh, that's about, that's my story, I guess.
1: Well, that's a hell of a story. I, I, I'll tell you that. It's, uh, I got to tell you, it, it you've always been very kind to me. You've always been, um, uh, somebody. You're just a I, kid
3: I, back then, you know?
2: Yeah, I know, you right?
3: Like, like it, when were you born? The 70s or? I was 69. 69, okay. So, you were five and six years old. I gave a lot of stuff to Billy Throckmorton, too, back then, when he was a little kid hanging around the shop. I, so
1: I never really met you until, like, I was, like, 10 or 11. because dad went to work oh, for yeah, Grant. Like
2: 79, yeah, 8.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. um. But yeah, I mean, you're you've always been so kind to me, and uh, and uh, I always have found you to be a really interesting guy because of all the topics we've talked about here, and and uh, just I, I find uh, I just find it fascinating that that world where you know um, where you're just you're bringing things to life that are you know obviously just on a flat sheet of paper at one time, yeah. and then you know then they then they come to life and um again thank you so much for always being a friend and thank you so much for doing this
3: show um pleasure um i you know india's changed quite a bit i would say i might not be quite as enthusiastic about it as i used to be um but i still go every year and uh will until i can't go every, every year and um I'm a Formula One fan, too. Um, um, I've been to about eight or nine Formula One races, including Spa in Belgium, which was unbelievable. I saw Schumacher, his first victory uh, at oh, Spa. Wow. Um, and uh, as you probably know, I'm sure you watched the series uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix. My, yeah. daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law works for Netflix, and that is one of their top five shows. And it's really uh, brought interest in Formula One, uh, as you're probably aware too. And, oh yeah, uh, I heard. That, I heard they were wanted to do an IndyCar version, and IndyCar didn't want to do it for some reason. I don't know if that's true or not. But
0: well, there's, there's a lot of runners. apparently they filmed something though, right, Scott? I remember someone talking about it last year that they yeah, filmed something. Yeah, apparently they
1: started filming some. I don't know. You
0: know, man, there's, that's a whole. What other... about your, There's
3: one about Dixon.
0: Yeah, Born Racer.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: uh I would tell you that I think as much as I respect the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and I respect the principals that are in charge of it and in charge of IndyCar, I will tell you I think they are woefully underserving themselves by not using their assets in IMS productions to promote themselves. Um, Uh, And I'm not saying those things won't change. I'm just saying that from an outsider's perspective, and of course I have no knowledge of anything, uh, they have so much at their fingertips that they just let sit in vaults, and they don't, they're not out there promoting themselves, and it's just, it's
3: so sad. They sit in vaults with their money. I remember the rumor was that when when we go down in the basement of the museum, there's you go down the steps and right in front of you is a door with a a uh, combination lock on it. <laughs> and about it's about six inches of diameter. So it's big in the room whereas that's where Tony Holman kept all his money. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, have you ever been, any either you've been in the basement? Anybody?
1: No. I've never been. I've been invited to go, um and for different reasons, I just have never had a chance to get over there. I know several people have. have. Uh, of course, they sell a tour now of the basement.
2: Yeah, yeah, I
0: did a video, the behind the bricks with Doug Bulls. I think yeah. he went down there. They had those rooms where they keep a bunch of old stuff, and that may be the same room that you're talking about.
3: It's, uh I mean, there's all the, the real pace cars are down there for many of the races, uh, NASCAR included. um The one that actually paced the race. It used to be that they give the actual car to the driver that one Right, five hundred, but they probably stopped that a while back. Um, and as you probably know, that's a uh, a uh, spot that is bidded on, so the highest bidder gets gets to be the pace car. And now it's usually Chevrolet because you know they're going to be pace trucks now because nobody's making sedans or convertibles. Right, have to be Mustang. The Camaro is going away, so it has to be a Mustang every year, which be cool. Well, I so I,
0: anything, that's... anything else? Nope, I don't have anything. Nope. No time. Really appreciate it. Like I said, um, look, I, and I think I told you this, I'm like kind of the social media guy at, um, Top Gun racing now and, um, uh, grand King shop. Oh, right. So we, um, we're actually working on doing some t- t-shirts now. I think we're going to maybe bring back some of the older designs, put a newer spin to it. So, um, yeah, no, Bill, I definitely... and,
3: uh, Bill and Stephanie are coming over here for lunch on Friday and, uh, oh, really? I have a friend that has, I have a friend that has about twenty three, twenty four exotic cars, including four four GTS from the sixties. Wow! Um, And uh, he's a great guy, but he has macular degeneration, so uh, he can't drive. But um, unfortunately, I have to drive all those cars for him. Uh, And we go to
1: tough job.
3: Someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. So we go to a cruise in every Saturday morning different ones, and uh, he has two uh, Daytona Coupe and a regular Cobra and a Cobra Daytona Coupe and a Viper and four Ferraris, and uh, he just Jesus. finished a, a little-known uh, Italian car called a Sienna. Um and there's, there's like 10 of them left in the world. And he has two of them, um, and what else has he got? He's got the four GTs, the Mark IIs. And what else? What else? Oh, he's got a Vector, which was uh, um, a—it's a Lamborghini underneath, but it's an American car company uh, that made this car called a Vector. Had uh, really sharp body
1: lines, right? The the body lines were very sharp. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So in fact, we're going out uh, at the end of October. We're going to go to the vector gathering that's out there we're trying to figure out how to get his car out there or not it's really expensive and then we're going to go SEMA after that so that's that's something I'm looking forward to. SEMA is another thing that's on my bucket list that's the uh, especially it's everything automotive everything you can imagine you know and um, Chuck Foose and a lot of those kinds of people are there and it's just a really neat thing so looking forward to that.
1: I don't think there's anything cooler in, in the custom car world than when Chip Foose does a car for you, he does the drawing uh, as well. And I think, I mean, I literally, if I had that kind of money, I would buy a Chip Foose car just for the drawing.
3: <laughs> I, I absolutely would. Well, I, I think he should do a book of those drawings. You can, in fact, I have one of them, a print. And um, I've met Chuck on, uh, uh, or Chip rather on two occasions one was here in Cincinnati at a car show and uh, I took the uh, the print I had and I told him I teach at UC so he put on it to thanks for all you do for the students Chip Pooh so I have that and then when I was out in LA I go out in LA a lot because my son and two sons and two grandsons are out there and uh, I've been to his shop down at Huntington Beach, which is not where they film it. It's really quite small. Um, but they'll, on Fridays, they'll give little tours of the place. Um, so if you're ever out in L.A. again on Huntington Beach, you can go see Chip Flusa's place. Um, I was at Boyd Coddington's before he passed away uh, at his place. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've always been wanting to try to. Put my foot in the door places like i did at grants and of course grants really paid off um but i've never been shy about you know going up and talking to somebody and asking them questions and then trying to do work for them if i could so
2: sure
3: hey
1: i do have one last question um okay. grant's logo you know and i know they're, they're they're it's never really went away but i know they're trying to promote it a little bit more now the crown with the king in it um yep. Do you know who originally designed that? I have no idea. I do idea. not.
3: Uh, it might have been uh, Ron Burton. I know Ron did a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, that makes there, sense. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh that,
1: but, to me it's one of the most iconic uh I, to me it's one of the most iconic uh race race designs.
3: Okay, it's been uh, nice talking to you guys.
1: Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
3: Yep, thanks. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, I appreciate and, it. Uh,